Don't waste the summer months staring at a screen trying to figure out who accepts your vision insurance. Pearl Vision works with all major vision plans, including iMed. Plus, when you bring in the receipt from your last eye exam, they'll apply up to $150 towards a new pair of glasses. Visit pearlvision.com to find your neighborhood eye care center today. Valid prescription required. Valid at participating locations. Restrictions apply. Taxes extra. See store for details. Ends 10-31-2022. Exams available at the Independent Doctors of Optometry at or next to Pearl Vision. Some doctors employed by Pearl Vision. G'day, g'day, good morning. Hello, Lauren Cress, the business scientist here. I'm always pretty chirpy on a Monday. I feel actually quite like Mondays and I've done something to really protect my Mondays. So what I do is I have Monday and Fridays are no meeting days. So they're my days where I kind of like plan and think about what I'm doing next. They're sort of like big picture days and also like admin days where I can just like clean everything up for the week ahead or for the week that's been before I get on to the, the next week. I kind of could say I have the luxury of doing that, but also just because business isn't really pumping at the moment, uh, that's part of the reason too. Like if my business was busy enough, I would probably, you know, change that. But I kind of like the way this is working. Maybe, maybe I won't. Maybe I'll see if I can protect it. So I wanted to tell you about this tip before we get onto the main part of the episode because this has been working really well for me and I think it's a good like Monday tip. I did a YouTube video on this a while back, uh, which I'll put a link to in the show description if you want to find out more, but I've been bullet journaling um, and bullet journaling is essentially like it's a way of kind of being more mindful and more productive in your week. And it's super, super simple, but it's really, really effective. And basically it's about just keeping a list of everything that you do, which, you know, okay, that doesn't sound revolutionary. And I, I've done that for a long time, but really making sure that you kind of also plan things out in advance. So you have like a future log where you kind of go like, oh, these are all the things I want to do over the next few months. You have sort of this migration technique where it's it's really simple. It's, it's nothing fancy. But if you don't do something, you know, last week, you just make sure that you move it over to somewhere else. So it could be this week or it could be like, oh, that's not relevant now until September and you put it in your September future log. So there's a really good uh, quick video on how this works by the guy who invented it. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but if you go to bulletjournal.com, you'll be able to find out more about it. Uh, it's like a five minute YouTube video. And like I said, I've got, I actually started doing it as a digital bullet journal, but then I changed it recently to analog. So the YouTube video I've got is about, oh, why I'm doing this as a digital <laughs> thing. And now I'm like, no, I actually do it in a book now. I'll have to do another update talking about that and why I changed it. So we're about to get onto the main part of the show today where we're talking about the third pillar for brand growth. And I'm going to share the seven rules for brand growth that Professor Byron Sharp talks about in his first book, How Brands Grow. So he's got two books called How Brands Grow. There's part one and part two. Ironically, in some ways, sometimes I think that Professor Byron Sharp hasn't done a good job of marketing himself in the way that he talks about it needing to be done in the book. And he even admits this. So like, you know, the publisher for this book isn't very good with distribution, but he talks about how important distribution is. So if you haven't gone, if you haven't gone back to the beginning to listen to podcasts, like that's fine. I mean, I I was listening to one of the podcast episodes and I was like, oh, I think I've gotten quite a lot better at this now than when I started. But I know people are still listening to the beginning of the podcast as well. So there's like worksheets and stuff that go along with it. But if you don't want to go back to the beginning, and I'm slightly hesitant to tell you to go back to the beginning. (laughs) Because I just feel like what I do now is a lot better. Um, 
I'll just quickly give you a recap of what these five brand pillars are that, that I kind of based off Professor Byron Sharp and what we're talking about in terms of these seven rules for brand growth. So the first pillar is purpose and contribution. So that's about like why do you exist, your reason to exist. And again, I did a worksheet about this, helping you to kind of figure that out. The second brand pillar is distinct and salient brand assets. So this is why we were doing that episode on style a couple of weeks ago. This was to tie off this second pillar and it's about, you know, how do you say things? How do you speak? What are the cues that you're going to use for people to associate with your brand? This is about being distinct, you know, so like a Vegemite jar, we know what a Vegemite jar looks like, right? It's not necessarily pretty and it doesn't have anything about, you know, spreadable stuff on it. But like a Vegemite, like we, we all know what that is. It's, it's got that weird yellow and red label. It's gross. I mean, if you're Australian, you know what that looks like. I feel like Vegemite is more famous around the world now as well. So that's about that. These are your, your distinct assets as in they're uniquely yours. Uh, they don't look like anyone else's. And they're salient in the sense that when people are look, scanning the environment, looking for subconsciously, the thing that you sell, it they can they can see it. So, you know, if you go uh, out into the street and you're like hungry and you see the subway sign, like you're going to, that's going to be salient to you as in, you know, subway, the food you eat, <laughs> not like, not like the train, the underground train in New York. Um, so that's, that's all, that's all pillar two stuff. And I'm kind of going through this quickly because I have talked about this before earlier in the show. Pillar three is all about media and market penetration. That's going to be our focus for the next few weeks, but you kind of need to talk about media and market penetration also in terms of your point of sale, which is pillar four. So we're kind of going to, there's there's going to be some blurred lines here between pillar three and pillar four. And especially with today's seven rules for brand growth, it kind of talks about both. And then pillar five is about your resource and funding. How how are you going to grow your brand in terms of what budget do you have or what human resource do you have? Like, what are you, what are you going to do to grow it? You know, content marketing can be a really great thing if you have no budget, but you got to put a lot of time into it and it's going to take longer to work for you. Not necessarily a bad thing, but just need to be aware of it, right? If you need to sell something tomorrow, content marketing won't really work for you unless you already have an established brand and you already have an established content funnel. Just back to pillar four point of sale a little bit more. So, this is about your findability. This is about how people can, in again, in their environment, like locate you. So McDonald's, right, point of sale, it's so easy to buy from Maccas. Like it's so easy to either, you know, there's a cl- one close to you. They're available on like Uber Eats. They're available on Menulog. Uh, if you're out in the middle of the desert, there's a, there's a Maccas, <laughs> you know, so it's like, it's, it's very available to you. And Byron Sharp talks about this in, in terms of physical availability. So how easy is it for the person when it comes to time to purchase? How easy is it for them to actually purchase the thing that you're selling? I like to call it physical and virtual availability because so much stuff is online and also there's lots of digital products, right? So this is a digital product. It's a podcast. It's not physically available anywhere, but it's, it's virtually available to you. So if I just had this on iTunes... Well, that would be a good start, but or Apple Podcasts it's called now. That would be a good start, right, for distributing my podcast. But what about if you don't have an iPhone? Then you can't access my podcast. So I need to have it on Google Play or Google Podcasts, that's called now. But what about if you don't have Google Podcasts? So Spotify. So I make sure that it goes out on lots and lots of different 
podcast platforms so it's easy to find and it's easy to get to and make sure that it's ranking on the first page of Google. So I was really happy to see like grow your brand without the podcast and it is now ranking on the first page of Google. It's not number one yet. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, there's some people paying for ads on the grow your brand uh, word as well, which pushes the organic stuff down. Google search is an example of physical availability as well, right? Like if people type in your brand name into their computer, can they find you? So that's a quick recap on the pillars and they do start to cross over a little bit. So I don't want to go too much into like, we're just talking about pillar three, um, but we're going to focus on pillar three with, you know, the understanding that there could be some other things that are happening. The big key thing you need to understand about Pillar three is just like how we were talking about physical availability. There's also mental availability. So we're just going to go to a quick break now and then I'll come back and talk to you about mental availability. Back in a sec. How should you plan for when your home becomes too small or when the next one gets too big? At Sandy Spring Bank, we're here to help create personalized solutions for financing your home loan. Whether it's a new home or refinance, renovation or addition, fixer-upper or new build. Banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your mortgage. Visit sandyspringbank.com slash mortgage. Mortgage, home equity, and other credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank, equal housing lender. Okay, so mental availability. This is where we start talking about psychology and why psychology is so important for marketing. Now, Kofi, my Kofi page, I need more coffee. If you have the ability to pay for a cup of coffee. If you're like, if I met Lauren in the street, I would definitely buy her a cup of coffee. You can do that. We can do that online. We don't have to meet. We can't meet, but you can buy me a cup of coffee and it means so much to me. I really appreciate it. I'm just getting started with my Kofi page. So it's still kind of like every coffee counts at the moment and I really, really appreciate anything you can do. If you can't afford it, if you're like, well, the whole reason I'm listening to a podcast is because like I can't actually afford to do a course, that's cool. You can like share this with your friends. You can tell your colleagues about it. Uh, if you're, you know, solopreneur, share it on Facebook, share it on LinkedIn, wherever you have a following on Twitter. Really, really, that actually helps to grow the show heaps. Like you'd be surprised. Like that kind of stuff really, really helps. So that's super valuable if you can do that. Awesome. If you can go the extra mile and buy me like a $3, $4, $5 cup of coffee, um, I think I said it at like $3. I can't remember. You can buy me like a one, like one coffee and I'll be like super thankful. You can buy me like a whole heap of coffees. You can buy me a coffee once a month. Um, it really helps. Like I said, you'll get a shout out on the show. I contact all the people who do that and I also like have a chat with you as well. So Please consider that if you can afford it, but if you can't, don't stress about it. It's all good. Sharing sharing the podcast is super helpful. Okay, so let's talk about mental availability. Mental availability is really interesting. Basically, this is about, you know how I was talking about cues before and symbols. Mental availability is like how easy is it for that person to like recall information about your brand and to recognize your brand. So we t we look at this as like teachers or in, in the kind of education system as well. When we're teaching someone something, we want them to be able to understand a new concept. And so what we do to help people understand a new concept is we relate it back to existing concepts. So say, for instance, I'm trying to explain to someone what a smartphone is. 
and they'd never heard of a smartphone before. But they knew what a computer was and they knew what a mobile phone was, like the old school, like brick style mobile phone, right? I could use their knowledge of like a computer and a, a mobile phone to help them understand what a smartphone is. So I was like, so you know the computer, you know, hacks the internet and all that kind of stuff. Well, that's what the smartphone can do as well. And it's a touch screen, you know, so if they have knowledge of a touch screen, again, like you can touch it. If they don't have knowledge of touch screen, then you're going to have to explain that a little bit more. So now they have this new concept of like a smartphone based off their existing concepts of what these other items are, what these other things are. As a brand, we're doing the same thing. We're going, okay, so we're new to market. No one knows who we are. And if we're selling something, we're first to market, then no one actually knows what we really do. So how do we help people understand through the other things they already understand what we are? And then how do we make sure that when they're thinking things that are related to what we're selling, they're more likely to remember our brand? So for instance, if I say, okay, you're hungry, you're in a shopping mall, you're surrounded by all those, you know, different food places in the food court. What sort of brands do you think will be there? Right? Like, you know, oh, okay, it's probably going to be a KFC. It's probably going to be a McDonald's. There's probably going to be some sort of place that sells kebabs. There's going to be, you know, like you, you kind of know, oh, this is, oh, so there might be a Subway. Like these are the brands that I expect to be in a shopping mall that I can buy food from when I'm hungry. So it's, when you're hungry, there's certain associations that you've that you've built with these brands over the years because of exposure to their advertising and their content, right? In order to do these things, in order to actually make sure that people know about you, that they can find you, we need media and market penetration. We need to be out there talking about what we do in a way that's going to be salient and relevant and that people are going to remember and they're going to care about. I talk about this all the time on LinkedIn when I've done my little LinkedIn videos and stuff. I'm like, you need to be emotionally relevant. You need to put that customer at the center of what you do. Okay, I like to try to keep these episodes shortish and I just realized we've hit like the 15-minute mark. So let's talk about these seven rules for brand growth and this will become a little bit more clear. So the first one, the first one of Byron Sharp's rules is continuously reach all buyers of the brand with both physical distribution and marketing communication. So physical distribution, that's like the Maccas in the desert, right? Or like the podcast I was talking about before. Make sure that it's actually where people can find it. Uh, And marketing communication is about like actually making sure that people know about it. So I send out a newsletter every week. Here's an episode that I did that I think is really interesting. I put stuff up on LinkedIn. That's my marketing communication to market my podcast. Number two, ensure the brand is easy to buy. So there's lots of different things to think about here, right? This isn't like a checklist. This is like a rule. So you might need to think about like 20 different things to make this possible. But the rule is you need to make sure it's easy to buy. And that's why like continued improvement through things like customer feedback, through looking at your analytics, where are people, uh, you know, jumping off the page? Where are people bouncing? Super, super important to look at those analytics. Where am I losing people? The same with like, I mean, that rule also applies to content, right? So, 
you know, if, if people are jumping off the podcast at a certain time, if people are jumping off videos at a certain time, look at what people are doing. I'm really, really big on, on data, as a lot of you guys know. And so it's really important to actually look at what's going on, not make assumptions when it comes to ensuring the brand is easy to buy. The th- third rule is get noticed. So again, this is about making sure that your brand is distinct and salient. You know, so you've got to think about that customer mindset. And back in those early episodes, I can't remember which one it was, we talked about category entry points. So why someone's buying from you, where they are when they're buying from you, when they want to buy from you, who they're with and what they're with. Have a think about those things and that's going to help you think about how to get noticed. So if you're like, let's say you've got a gaming app, right? And you're like, well, actually the time a lot of people play games or they're looking for a new games play is on the train on their commute to work. Then put, putting an ad in the train station could be a really good time to do that, right? Because it's like people have to look at outdoor advertising. Like you, you kind of can't miss it. Uh, even if you're looking at your phone, you tend to look at outdoor advertising as well. And that's what, that's what the research is showing. So it's like in your face, you're looking around, you're bored for a couple of minutes. It's like download this game. That's a really good place to do that, right? Because then people jump on the, the train. They've just seen that. It's very salient to them. And they've got their phone in their hand. They can they can download your app. So get noticed, get attention, do it quickly. Don't wait till it's like five minutes into your LinkedIn social media video to start talking about the things that your customers care about. I've seen this happen a lot. It's sort of like people go, oh, well, if they just would have listened to the first minute, they would have understood what I was saying. And I was like, no, 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 reverse it. Say the thing that people care about first and then explain it. And that's what we're going to be talking about on Friday with the live stream this week. It's all about how you structure a story so that people care about the story from the beginning, from the outset. It's also why we use things like hooks. So words designed to really draw you in. Like a really good example, one of my favorite examples of this is The 4-Hour Workweek. That's a book by Tim Ferriss. The 4-Hour Workweek, like what a good hook. I want to read that book just because it's called The 4-Hour Workweek. I know what it means. It's simple language. And this idea that you can do work in four hours, that gets noticed. That gets attention. Okay, rule number four. Refresh and build brand-linked memory structures that make the brand easier to notice and buy. So that's what I was talking about as well with like the food court, right? So if people – if you don't advertise – if Mac has stopped advertising, right, for like five or 10, that would take a long time because they have so much, so many people know about Maccas already and they've eaten it, they've experienced it, right? It's very mentally and physically available. But if Maccas went quiet for a really long time, they're not refreshing those memory structures and they're not building brand linked memory structures. So they're not saying hamburger, Maccas, hamburger, Maccas, food, Maccas, you know, going out with the kids, Maccas road trip Maccas, they're not building those memory structures. And so eventually you will start to forget, the, the, the society will start to forget. It's sort of like with the news as well. Like if you think about something that was like big news, even six, okay, in Australia, and I know this is news around the world as well. We had these horrible bushfires that were really bad this year, right? And then we had coronavirus. And I just, oh man, I feel so sorry for the businesses out there 
that have been hit by both of these things. And there's so many businesses in Australia that have been hit by both. And what happened was I actually remember seeing an article about this. They're like, don't forget about the bushfires. Like, don't forget about these businesses and these people who are actually like still really fucked by what happened six months ago, but we don't hear about it in the news at all because coronavirus has taken over. And so if you don't build and reinforce and refresh those memory links, I mean, we had people raising millions of dollars to help with like aid to people who'd lost their homes and all this stuff for animals that like were really sick and burnt. Um, we had all this, it was like really, really big. And I was like, oh, this is like, this is like big news. Like this is like, you know, the Australia was in a state of emergency. But we haven't talked about it for a while now and it just gets forgotten. So that's a really good example of like, you know, when people say, well, why would you bother advertising? Like, does advertising even really work? Like why? I know what M&Ms are. Why would you put M- an M&M ad on? But it's like, no, but it does work because even just maintaining that amount of brand awareness takes resource and time and money because people do forget like really quickly, actually. So, so you need to do that. Okay. Rule five, there's seven rules. We're up to number five. We're getting through them. Create distinctive communication assets. Well, this one kind of overlaps a little bit in my opinion with get noticed. Um, But these distinctive communication assets, this is about like, you know, if you put a flyer together, if you put your, like your, your podcast thumbnail, right? If you do anything that you're putting out, like make sure that it actually looks like yours and make sure that it's distinct. It's make sure it's recognizable. Make sure that it's like, oh, okay, like that stands out. That stands out and that looks like something Lauren would put together because it's got her colors. It's got her, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Also, even in the way I communicate, like no one else has my voice, right? <laughs> no one else has my face. Again, those things, if we put them into our communication assets that helps. And I mean, I'm so big on the personal brand aspect of this. Like this is why having like brand ambassadors are so, is, is so, so powerful because it's like that actually helps to make your brand more distinct. Oh, that's like Tourism Australia had like Paul Hogan, you know, let's tr- throw another shrimp on the barbie even though we don't say shrimp. Like that's a really good example of like communicating in a way that's very distinct, you know, that's very Australian. Like it gave us – I think it actually was hard for a lot of Australians. I think it annoyed a lot of Australians. We're like, we're not like that. But it's distinct. Like to the world, that's a way of being like this is our country and this is this is what you can associate with our country, right? Like beach, barbecue, good times, sun, Australia. That's what we want to associate with the Australia brand. All right, rule six, be consistent yet fresh and interesting. Okay, this, so, so important for content marketing. And on Friday, uh, not this Friday, next Friday when I do my next scene heard. If you want to see it before then, by the way, like if you want to hear the episode, you can go on YouTube and access it. Um, I did this episode on like B2B content marketing assets. I'll link it below if you want to take a look beforehand. But otherwise, we're sharing it in two weeks' time. You need to think about how you can be in market consistently. So rule number one was continuously reach all buyers of the brand. And that's uh, that's the same kind of thing, right? You've got to be able to pump out a lot of content or be able to pay like big advertising dollars to be able to reach everyone in your in your market. I mean, it's really hard to reach everyone, but as much that's your got to be your goal, right? Like got to start somewhere. So 
being consistent is kind of the same thing. Like, again, it needs to look like you. It needs to sound like you. But if you do something once a month, it's just not enough. It's like create those habits. This is where the bullet journaling stuff comes in. Create those habits where you're like, this is this is what I'm doing on Mondays. Every Monday I'm going to do this. You know, like what I'm doing in my podcast now, every Monday I'm going to do like a Monday motivation episode and this is what it's going to involve and I'm going to do it every Monday. And it's not like I stop and it's not like I change it. It's not like suddenly I'm going to be like, oh, Mondays is actually now a day of quiet contemplative reflection and let's put let's listen to some easy music like I'm not going to do that right that's not my brand so it was going to be me talking about something in relation to Monday motivation helping you grow your brand that's what the podcast is all about but it's going to be different every week so it's fresh and interesting but it's consistent okay rule number seven final one Stay competitive, keep up the mass appeal. Don't give customers reasons not to buy the brand. So there's so much in this. Again, like I think the thing is, is like these rules are things that you can build entire strategies around, but you've got to understand what the goal is first. So this one's also interesting because in the book, what Byron Sharp talks about is like our our over emphasis on customer reviews and our under emphasis on attention and on building mental and physical availability. So it's like, yeah, it's great to have product feature feedback and all that kind of stuff, right? That's cool. But that's when people are already in the phase where they're interested in your product and they know about it. So you need that content. But what you also really, really need is you need to make sure that like people know about you before they know about your competitors. So like even when I was talking about like that Google rank thing, right? I'm like, oh, grow your brand podcast. If you look up, if you Google grow your brand, well, I did this on incognito. So I'm pretty sure it's on, it depends, right? Like what's going on in different countries. But generally my podcast will be on the first page, but it's not the first one. So I need to look at that. How do I get from being like, I think I'm like fifth or sixth on the page. Like I just make it onto the first page. How do I make myself like number one on the page? How can I do that? How can I stay competitive? What's happening with those other brands? You know, and that includes like what I do on social, what I do. I mean, we've been doing some SEO um, episodes lately on the live stream stuff and I'm doing one on tomorrow. Yeah, Tuesday um, with an SEO expert, come check it out. I think we're doing it. At, it's, it'll be 4 p.m. local time because he's in Ireland. Uh, but we're talking about how SEO works, right? And SEO largely depends on social media as well. So if I'm looking to get to rank number one, I've got to make sure that I'm like putting out enough content that my pages stay up to date, that people are actually interested in the content, right? They're not bouncing off the page, all that kind of stuff matters this idea of don't give people a reason not to buy it that can be things like how you price things you know or if you have different pricing categories uh that can be problematic like it it depends like that can work it depends on on what you kind of do in the b2b space i think having different prices can be good for different things you don't want to end up in a situation where you're like discounting all the time and then overpricing all the time and you're sort of giving people this reason not to buy. However, I've seen people use that, you know, to their advantage. So I don't want to comment too much on that because I think it really depends on what sort of industry you're in and what what you're selling. Okay, so that's the seven rules for brand growth. I hope you liked this episode. Again, if you did, please consider sharing it. Please consider checking out my Kofi page. 
Have a look at bullet journaling this week. Super, super effective. I find it so useful. We'll wrap up with a few actions that you can take to start sort of digesting some of these things. So if you want a copy of these seven rules for brand growth, I'll just like write them in the show description. I usually put a, I put a website page up as well. So I'll put it all on there too. But in terms of, in terms of actions, I think the big thing to think about here is like what you're doing and what you could do better. So what I would do is look at creating some like targets for yourself based on a strategy that you can design around these different rules. I might actually go away and put a worksheet together for you. It probably won't be out this week, but I'll, but I will do one and I'll put it in my resource section on my website because I think that the strategy part's quite hard. Like I've done quite a lot of this. And what you need to be able to do is sort of look at the different gaps in your business. So I'll put a worksheet together sort of helping you do that. In terms of action for this week, in the meantime, though, a really, really good thing to do is to do an audit. So a brand and content audit. Look at, pile up, like print out, whatever, however you like to, to work, create a folder, chuck all of the stuff that you use to market yourself into a folder or onto the table if you print it out, whatever it is, right? Start having a look at, do these things look similar? Do these things communicate what I'm trying to communicate effectively? How often are these going out? You know, if it's like a a Canva template that you've created, we talked about Canva a couple of weeks ago. Do all your Canva templates kind of relate to each other? How do they look in situ on your desktop? What I like to do, I'm a really big fan of Airtable. And there's a free version you can download. And I just write down like all of like the different assets that my client has, or if it's me, it's, you know, my assets. All of the different things I can think of that I use to to market, like all the different channels, everything I'm doing, and then like how often I post, how many people I'm reaching, what the content looks like, if I need to start creating consistency. As you're looking through it, you'll start to see the gap. So that's a really, really good activity to do in the meantime. I'll go away and put this worksheet together as well to help you start building uh, that strategy. And I'll be back on Wednesday for another episode of Grow Your Brand. Not sure what we're going to do yet, but keep an eye out on socials and I'll post it uh, when I've made a decision. All right, guys, have an awesome week. I'll speak to you again soon.